Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. And today, folks, we're taking on my favorite topic of all time. Today's the day. Marriage. Marriage. It's what brings us together today. That blessed arrangement. (laughs) Thank you, James. You're so welcome. My cohort, my fellow doctor. Indeed. Yours with a K. Doctor nonetheless. With a C. Yes. Doctor of Passion, James is joining us, also known as Bird Dog. (laughs) Yeah. That's another one of my names. (laughs) Hey, today we're talking marriage, and it's fun because in the room, three out of the five of us are married. James is fighting like a dog to get married. Fighting for my life. Uh, We won't bring up any names or information, but James has a really good friend. Mm-hmm. That is not Maddie. I know he cheated on Are me. Are you sad, Matt? <laughs> no, um, he cheated on you. Yeah, no, he cheated on me while I was gone in Boston. While you were gone cheating on him. No, I was in Boston with my brother and my okay. family. So trying to find a Harvard cheating. boy, I think was our no, last. No, I don't think that was a thing. A Harvard man. <laughs> yep. No, yeah. No, so he cheated on me, but he didn't I mean, cheat on you. Well, he... yeah, he he did, Matt. Okay, yeah. He cheated on me and. Yeah. We haven't talked about it, so so I wanted I'm to thinking have that James just I don't know. Just, I wanted just to have an me. intervention on the air. I thought, what better way to air this out than let's talk right now? Um, no, I actually have some really cool headlines though for us to go over. Oh, are you dodging? Yeah, I think you're she's dodging. dodging. No, okay. I just I just made no, I a lot. I just got a lot of material, and I don't want to cry on the radio because I will if if we talk about it. Oh wow, James, she's hurt. I am. I'm very Wow. Hurt. Now, your friend that's listening, though, let's just call her Ginger. Ginger? Oh, well, that's, I think that's not appropriate. <laughs> oh, that's right. You are the Ginger. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. Okay, let's not call her Ginger. Let's call her... Molly. Molly. Molly, okay. Uh, does she know that you had this showmance? This showmance? I don't think I told her that I had this uh, showmance, no. Well, she knows now. Now she knows. Okay, Molly, I had a showmance. Let's just say it was more man. Let's just say it was more show. Show than man. Than man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good. So today we're talking about healthy marriages. And uh, because three of the five of us have one, uh, we're really here for James because Maddie's waiting for someone special. So uh, before we get started um, and before we get too deep into the show, we always like to do this funny thing we call the headlines. Headliners from the Matt Townsend Show, a summary of stories that you might have missed. These are the stories that Maddie has been dying to get to. Yeah. So as not to cry on the air. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Maddie, what have you got for us? A little marriage, healthy research. Yeah, so we have some marriage marriage headlines that I found. The first one, um, police in London. Yes. Well, kind of in London, kind of a city outside of London, found a, uh, we're looking for a stolen car via helicopter. And it was pitch black outside, but oh due to um, heat sensors, oh, oh boy. they were able to find yeah. a will you marry me 
flame candle path in the mountains. So all over the news while they're looking for this car, they see this, will you marry me in the mountains? And they just identified the couple and she said yes. Was that the person they were looking for? No. Okay, because that would have been a sad ending. Actually, it wasn't the person that stole the car. No. Thankfully, it wasn't. I don't know if they found the car. But the helicopter's heat-sensitive camera (laughs) found the was able to uh, see the author of the message on one knee as it was going over. Oh, my heavens. Super romantic. So they, they caught someone getting proposed to, and they just confirmed that she said yes. So it's a happy day for the, Isn't that, that romantic? Couple. Now, let me just tell you, in Utah or anywhere in the West, that would have probably started a forest fire. And, yeah, we probably would have Tens died. of millions of acres burned. And then they'd be kicked out yeah, of the country. Yeah, but they were they were candles, so they were being a little bit safe. He didn't like burn it straight into the That's mountain. Good. That's but good. I don't think yeah, I don't think you're allowed to like light candles anywhere in Utah. That is a great start. Romance one oh one, ride it in flames. I know, right? But I thought Beautiful. that was fun. That's cute. All right, this one I I'm a little bit sick of the ice bucket challenge. Really? It's all I, I was over challenged. I've been challenged two times this week. Yeah, weekend. did you see uh, Sarah, our contributor, challenged you yesterday? <gasps> That's three times. I did oh. not know that. Yeah, she told me to remind you. I'm going you. to do it. Uh, I was planning on doing I know there's a 24-hour... Um, She's going to be here today, so yeah. you better... Uh, I was going to do it next week. Well, you better you better explain to her that you're doing it. I'm going to do it. Okay, so... But I'm you not, don't like it. You're tired well, of no, it. Well, no. I think it's a great thing, but I'm you sick of charities. scrolling through Instagram, and all I see are Ice Bucket Challenge, and scrolling through my Facebook feed, all I see is people getting water yeah. dumped on them. I'm a little okay. annoyed. You've got to go look for Ice Challenge Fails. Oh, that would make the it better. The greatest hour of fun in your life. That would make it better. There's more concussions in that roll of video than on any other roll of video. Seriously. Yeah, all that's right. great. Well, anyway, keep going. Um, so, the first Ice Bucket Challenge proposal... Happened yesterday. Really? Yes. But so, not with the same guy that lit the fire. No, that no. Have this is a different proposal that I don't think is romantic at all. Because it ha- involved an Ooh. ice bucket. Yeah. So he, um, they were filming and ready to do the ice bucket. He was supposed to dump it on her. And she couldn't figure out what was taking him so long. What is his deal? So she turned around and he's on one knee proposing. Cute. She says yes. And then they do the ice bucket challenge. See, but that is that gives a whole new meaning for ice. <laughs> right, the ring is yeah, ice. Yeah, that's true. Ice, ice, baby. Oh, yeah, if wow. he was if he was truly classy, he would have dumped diamonds on her instead of yeah. ice. Instead of ice. What oh, a yeah. cheapskate! And, I know, right? And he would have donated the price of the ring to ALS. Yeah. Wow. Uh, maybe, but See? yeah, you could have made it better. But I just thought it was funny because the ice bucket challenge is so big right now. But that was just. A, I'm going to challenge you to do it. Some people are doing no. Don't I'm going to challenge that. you no, publicly no, to do it. Not. I no, am. You, you haven't done it yet. You I'm can't. doing it, and I'm doing it with in a very big way. You can't challenge me until you've done it. After the show tomorrow, we'll do it in the parking lot with a live feed. Okay. Well, I you you have to, you can do it, and then you can challenge me. But I'm I'm not doing it until you actually do it. Man, like she makes up her own rules. I do. Yeah. Wow. Does she not know there's already rules made for this? Okay, go ahead. Okay, so More headlines. <laughs> the the next thing I wanted to talk about, I don't know if you know the VMAs were yesterday. Vmas. Yeah. Yeah. That was so apparently in the news. <laughs> everyone's been saying Beyonce and Jay Z are on the outs. Yeah. But apparently they and their daughter Blue Ivy stole the show, so that must mean their marriage is healthy, right? If they were able to come to the VMAs and no, steal the show. No, 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 no. <laughs> that actually means they had producers involved. Oh, maybe. And it's a high produced moment. But I have to tell you, yes. I, I want your favorite song, um, actually won video of the year. Oh really? Yeah. Is it from is it from um is it from Never mind. I, I now can't say it. It's it's Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus. That's your favorite song, right? 
And that video, you love that video. No, it's not. Well, that's what won. So it, I thought you'd be really excited. It's, it's frozen. Let it go. Let it go. No, no, no. That wasn't it either, actually. <laughs> my, my favorite song is from Queen. Let uh, it go from Queen? No. It's, it's a song from Queen, but I can't say it. Okay. It, the, the title is, it's misleading. Oh, okay. Under pressure. Nope. All right. Uh, so what was their deal? They sang what? No, no, no. Oh, the, Miley the Cyrus The deal was did. is that Miley Cyrus won. You know, but my, And that Beyonce uh, and Jay-Z came together, which means their marriage must be healthy, right? No. <laughs> Every client does. I have I'm working, that I'm working with, they, a lot, most of them show up together. Yeah, but, but, they, they're all but struggling. do they steal the show? No. There's no show. <laughs> so At my office, I'm the show. So what you're saying is that in order to have a healthy marriage, you need to get a producer who can make it appear like you're And you need to go yes. to the VMAs. Yeah. And you need to go to the VMAs and, and steal, steal the, show. the show. That's, that's one way to do it. Another way is just to get healthy skills. Come on. I don't know. That See, I'm mad I just got. Um, I can produce it. Oh, Sean will produce it. If anybody's looking for a producer for their marriage, marriage in order to appear happier than you are, Give us a call. one eight five five chat byu We'll get you in touch with Sean O'Neill. The Irish Sean O'Neill. Oh, wow. Anyway. Hey, we got a great show for you. Today we're talking healthy marriages. We're going to give you tools, ideas. Carrie Wrigley is going to be join us, joining us. She's a counselor, social worker. She's been teaching uh, down here at Education Week about creating healthier marriages. Stick with us, folks. This is the day to improve your relationship right here on the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we are working on marriage. Hello. You know, it's tough. Relationships are hard, and it's not. You think you're going to go out and just marry the perfect person, and then all of a sudden you find out, holy cow, they're human. And, you know, things change. Then kids come along. A lot of uh, stress can come from that, financial issues. Then life happens, and all of a sudden you start to spin. And so today we wanted to figure out what are some ways that we can create closer marriages, more unity in the marriage, more joy. So we decided to bring in a pro. Carrie Wrigley is joining us. She's a LCSW. She's been a counselor for over 26 years, specializing in the treatment of depression, anxiety, sexual abuse, marriage and family issues, and sexual addiction. She's down, uh, has been down here at BYU last week working um, teaching classes for Education Week. If you remember, we did a lot of Education uh, Week activities and, and had a lot of guests last week. Education Week is on campus where... You know, people come together. There's literally 20,000, 30,000 people on campus. People are teaching, going to classes, learning everything they can about marriage and family. And Carrie was there teaching. So, Carrie, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Good to have you. Now, again, as a counselor, 26 years in on the front line, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's a long time. I've always wondered, because my practice is different in that I don't just see clients all day. I get to do a radio show, so that's fun. And then I go... And I have, I have classes, so mm-hmm. a lot of mine is educational. Yeah. But when I work, you know, just with clients, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. How do you do it? 
Well, in all honesty, I have a schedule a lot more like yours. Do you? You know, I've, so I've, I've also been raising. It out. I've also been raising five children. I do a lot of volunteering wow. at my kids' at school. Yeah. I direct choirs. I'm a songwriter. I do a lot of teaching. So really, I, I usually you do client work about five or six hours a day. But for that very reason, because I find that I need to regenerate myself in yeah. order to have positive energy to bring about my clients. And it seems like. Yeah, and it almost makes it more real because then your marriage, it's hard, too, to keep your marriage strong and healthy and right. let alone helping everyone else. So today, help us understand about uh, marriage and, and, and really, what is it? What stops us in our relationships from creating the closeness? We always seem to start with it mm-hmm. and then it just poof, yeah, can disappear does. on us. Yeah. I think so much of that is just about um, focus. By definition, when we're single and looking for somebody, we're focused on finding, as you said, that right person right. that's going to meet our needs and make us happy and be a wonderful parent for our future children. And, and that really is our focus. And and so, you know, we, we find some worthy contestants and we yeah. check them out. And or we even some unworthy ones. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, you know, we, we spend a lot of time with them. We spend a lot of money on them. We invest almost all of our attention on them. We're together 24-7. Yeah. More often than not, we neglect our families and other relationships when we find, you know, that one special person and everything else kind of disappears for a while. And then, as you said, poof, you know, after the wedding ceremony, suddenly there's bills to pay. Suddenly there's, you know, for many people, church callings and other communities responsibilities to take care of. Suddenly, as you said before, we have to balance that relationship with many other responsibilities. And then, of course, once kids come along, you know, then the focus diversifies even more. And you add to that mix the world that we live in, where we are constantly inundated um, literally 24-7 oh. by um, pressures and, and also by media influences. Sure. There's those Facebook friends that are waiting for oh. me. There's that text that yeah. just came in. There's that t- must-see right. TV. There's that stuff out of BYU broadcast. Oh, yeah. You've got to listen to. No, absolutely. <laughs> so we have so many things battering against us that in many cases we lose the focus that we started with. Not because we don't love each mm. other anymore, because we do. It's just that there's so many things tugging at us That's right. that we don't give it the time and attention that we started it's with. It's like seasons, right? I yeah. mean, there's a season to just have nothing but relationship focus. Absolutely. And then other things come along, jobs, mm-hmm. kids, yeah, life. Definition. But then there, then you also kind of delineated there's other things that are injecting themselves into our lives that probably don't need to be there. Absolutely. And yet maybe when, when we lose our focus, we don't have the energy to keep them out, keep yeah. these things out of our lives or keep them moderated. And well, keep I think them... one of the things that happens is that we um, – have so much tugging at us that we absolutely have to do, you know, mm-hmm. that demanding job, those demanding kids, you know, that we finally get home or we finally have some free moments like, oh, I just need some time for me. Right. And that's when we invite the Facebook or we invite the TV program or we invite the stuff on the Internet that we shouldn't really be looking at like or, or whatever it is. Absolutely an yeah. escape. It's it's weird because uh, it's not we it's not like our love has changed. Mm-hmm. But in many regards, the game has. So mm-hmm. it's just yeah. so it's no longer, you know, a 50 pound issue. It's a 550 pound issue. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's harder. It's life changes. Yeah, it's a lot. That's harder. where people say I've fallen out of love. But absolutely. you're really saying you've fallen out of focus. Yes, absolutely. That's a great way of saying it. That's cool. And and I and it's you can refocus. Mm-hmm. It's just like getting Lasix. 
<laughs> We're just going to send yeah. you in. And the reality is, you know, none of us are ever going to be able to shrink back to that, you know, time in our lives when we just could focus on each other. You right. can't put the yolk back in the egg once it's cracked. Yep. You know, we really do, as you said, need to move on in our lives. And I think really the challenge is how do we redefine, how do we recreate the magic of our relationship season by season? Yeah. You know, how is it different to find the magic, you know, with that new little baby that wakes us up every 20 minutes, you know, as opposed to dealing with, you know, those teenagers as, as their individual personalities start to blossom and then they're up, they're up on all, all hours of night and then we're, we're losing sleep for completely it's different so reasons, true. you know, versus now the kids are gone and I'm looking across at you going, who the heck are you? I haven't seen you for years. Right. You know? Whatever. Season by season, I think, brings different challenges and different wonderful modes of discovery within each relationship. I guess that's the, you know, there's the payoff, right? So yeah. the work and the payoff. Um, how what have you seen works for creating time in a marriage? How do you make the focus? How do you get it there? Well, I think it's a lot like cleaning your house. Oh, you know, I, I, I <laughs> slow down. I found okay. many years ago with a house full of five kids yeah. and lots of projects and lots of stuff to do, there just wasn't time to keep everything that came into the into the door. Right. You know, as the kids outgrew clothes, we needed to get rid of them. As the kids outgrew certain toys, you know, as much as I loved the action figures, there was a time they had to go and yeah. you know make room for the stereo recorders yeah. or you know whatever. And I think our relationships are the same way. Sometimes we have to be willing to let old things that used to be important to us go to make room for those new things that are specific to that particular hmm. season. You know, so I, I think in, in essence, de-junking our time. And, yeah. and and those things that you mentioned before that really aren't essential. Do I really have to spend an hour a day checking in with all of my Facebook friends? Right. Do I really have to immediately answer every text that comes in? Do I really need to see that hot new show tonight? Or can I invest some of that energy on that which is most essential? You know, um, John Gray, I, I love his insight yeah. from Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus that, you know, he, he said that uh, he used to come home after a long work day and kind of like you said, you know, you need to recharge, you need to escape, right. whatever, he'd crash in front of the TV. And he finally realized, you know, as his wife wanted to kind of talk to him and chatter about, you know, the workings of the day, she really didn't want to hear a whole lot what he had to say in return. She just wanted to talk. <laughs> and he finally realized that listening to his wife in that context could provide the same kind of break from work yeah. that... TV had with the payoff that when she's done talking, she feels regenerated and close and yeah. connected as opposed to feeling angry that he's distanced himself for, her, exactly. for, for yet another hour or two watching television or whatever. That, I remember when I got married, we would always go walking. Mm -hmm. It was the weird, we'd walk all the time. Then we had a baby mm -hmm. and when she was strollerable, <laughs> we would, we'd go walking with the baby. Yeah. We haven't walked. I mean, we try like maybe once a week or once, twice a month or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I sit there and I look at it now. We, we haven't had a chance really mm -hmm. to walk very much. But our kids are now at the stage again where we could walk almost yeah. nightly. Yeah. See, we're at that stage. My youngest is 14. Yeah. Oh, and we're yeah. starting to do that. And I think sometimes what happens is, you know, necessarily when those kids are little and they really do need to be nursed every yeah. 20 minutes oh, yeah. and they re we really do need 24-7 attention. And you can't leave them legally. No, you really can't. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we both as husbands and wives, as mothers and fathers, make those sacrifices of time and attention and focus, including sacrificing time with each other to care for these precious creatures we brought into the world together. You bet. And then we kind of get out of the habit 
of spending time together. And then, you know, the kids get older. They don't need us 24-7 like they used to. But we're out of the habit of taking that walk together or reading that, you know, passage of a book together or just sitting down and talking together. Mm. And so I think, you know, sometimes in those later seasons, it it does us well to think about very carefully about when we did have more time early on. What did we do? And how cool would it be if if we could regenerate some of those things that made it magical in the beginning now that we have more time? Yeah, I love to look at it. Like, go back. Back to when it was really rich yeah. and it was working. Mm-hmm. There's stuff we used to do. Yeah. I mean, whatever it was, you used to do it. Yeah. And so, you know, may not be able to do all of it, but you could mm-hmm. do parts of right. it. And discover new things as well. And That's right. another thing that, that we've realized recently is even in the very, very thick of those necessary tasks, you know, fixing the dinner, cleaning yeah. up the, you know, the dishes after dinner, going grocery shopping, all the boring you know, Monday, practical yeah. things, you know, that we have to do anyway. We found that there was untapped time potential within that. You know, oh, what sure. happens if we cook dinner together and we talk about our day while we do it? What if what if we do the dishes together so we have time, for, you know, for that walk yeah. or for the game with the kids or for, you know, catching a movie on Netflix after the kids go to bed or whatever. We, we buy that time mm-hmm. by investing in those necessary tasks together. What happens if my husband goes grocery shopping with me? You know, so we're talking all the way there. We're talking about stuff while we're there. Yeah. We talk all the way home. We put the stuff away. And then we still have more time than yeah. if I would have tried to do all that stuff by myself. And so you almost, as I mean, just if you would do it together, your natural default would be kind of talking along the way. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's actually just doing it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so funny how we get because then all of a sudden it's not a chore. Like, okay, we've got to go sit and talk. Mm-hmm. Let's get this over with. Right. We'd know. Instead, right. my wife and I made dinner yesterday together. And Interestingly, we made something we had never made before because we only had certain ingredients. <laughs> but together, I thought, hey, this would be good. And then she figured out how we could do it. And then we worked on it. And just that was more of a building thing. Well, yeah. And even if it turns out terrible, you laugh yeah. about it. And oh, you, yeah. you, 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 we you created something together. And yeah, it, yeah the next time you, you do See, a you better. get it. That's so cool. <laughs> We're talking with Carrie Wrigley. She's an LCSW here in Utah. She's teaching us about how to connect with our kids. She's a licensed clinical social worker from uh, morninglightcounseling.com. Go check out her website, morninglightcounseling.com. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to continue discussing creating unity in marriage. This is The Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking with Carrie Wrigley on the topic of healthy marriages, creating closeness, creating unity in your marriage. Carrie is an LCSW, has been practicing as a counselor for over 26 years. She has a master's degree in social work from the University of Utah and um, has been down here at Education Week teaching classes on you know, emotional wellness during t- challenging times understanding, honoring, and bridging gender gaps and differences, and happy at home, building family relationships that last. Uh, Carrie is uh, a great resource. If you go to her website, she has one website. It's called Morning Light 
morninglightcounseling.com morninglightcounseling.com and it's just a great place to get to to know what she's doing and um, it, or you can go to another website she has called counselinglibrary.org and just great tools and that's what you're trying to do really Carrie Absolutely. is bring tools to the yeah. people huh mm-hmm. so talk to us a little bit more about uh, creating unity one of the things it seems like if we if we can't communicate then we just kind of grow separately mm-hmm. How do you how do you bridge that back? How do you take a you know maybe you've separated or just distanced yourself as you've had children, grown your career, all these things. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you bridge it back? Well, I think the very first thing is you need to invest time to do so. You know, we talked in the first segment, of course, about finding time through prioritizing, through getting rid of non-essentials, through trimming down media. Um, and, and I think it's so important for couples as a foundation to set time every day, to set time every week, set aside for no other purpose than to talk. Yeah. You know, the daily, it might be two minutes. It might be five minutes. There, there was a time my husband and I were so busy between me with the babies and him with the work. We literally sat, you know, a four or five minute break during his lunch hour every day to connect because mm-hmm. he was working during the day. I was working at night. That literally is the only time we could talk. Oh. But that four minutes saved our marriage. You know, um, now we have a little more time because our kids are older. So yeah. we go on the longer walk. We have the 20 or 30 minutes, which is great. But uh, we've, we've made it a point the last few years also to set a time, usually on Sunday when we have a little more time, you know, basically an hour or so. Yeah. We can sit down when we're, you know, the kids aren't bothering us. We don't have other commitments. We talk through the finances. We talk through, you know, what's going on during the week. We talk through any kind of, um, you know, problems or hurt feelings or whatever. The kind of, kind of, you know, some people have had the experience of a companionship inventory in an LDS sure. mission. Kind, yeah. of, kind of like that, you know. Just kind of fielding all the different concerns of the relationship so that there's a specific time those things are taken care of. And that way you're not waiting until they become crises during the week and having to deal with them as they explode. The other thing that's nice about having that hour, say, on Sunday is then if you invest as you should, the other hour or two or three later in the week for the date— you know, that, that kind of concern. Creep it doesn't, in. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. creep in. It, it isn't the, you know, what some people have called the scheduled fight of the week. Right. You know? Yeah, here we go. Because <laughs> you have the time that you do nothing but solve problems and yeah. look at concerns. And then you have the time of week that is nothing but just to be friends and lovers and have fun mm-hmm. and enjoy each other's company. It's called, it's control. I like it because if you know you have time, you can, you can pretty much postpone anything. Oh, absolutely. Because you, because you know when you'll do it. Yeah. If you never know when it's going to happen, you cram it in whenever you feel whenever like you, you can. can, and it's usually the worst possible. Well, time. there's no, there's nothing worse than having to have a serious conversation every day, mm-hmm. every day, all the time. Can we talk every time? Use anything oh, but yeah. that. <laughs> I yeah. call it. I, it's like it's like Tupperware. You kind of need to burp it a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, you get you get it you get it airtight, but every once in a while you might need to open it up and let some air out, and mm-hmm. um, and we have to kind of burp it evenly. Everybody has a different. Some have more of a need to talk mm-hmm. and more of a need to talk about everything mm-hmm. or everything intense, everything critical, yeah. everything emotional, mm-hmm. and others want to avoid that. So we yeah. always, part of that's we got to know. Our pattern. Right. Well, and there's some patterns that are almost, you know, textbook dependable. Yeah, sure. You know, what men and what women mean by talking can be two very totally. different things. You know, what a woman means by talking is, honey, I would like to share with you my feelings and what's going on for me and get your support. I don't really want yeah. any suggestions or yeah. advice most of the time. I just, I just really want to share what's going on with me. Most of the time when men say we need to talk, you know, it happens more rarely, but it's like, you know, we have a, a defined problem yeah. that we We've need to identify. So we need to make. In, in, in the smallest possible time 
time in the most efficient possible way. Let's let's get yeah. to a logical, rational decision, clearly without any emotion. Yeah. And a lot of times he'll say to her, honey, I'd love to talk to you, but, you, you know, please, no emotion. Yeah. And it's like, Keep the emotion out of right. it. Right. So it's like, please talk to me when you don't have to breathe. You know, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I actually That's heard right. that advice at Education Week. He's like, you know, um, please, I, I'll talk to you when you're not so emotional. It's like, oh. so you're going to wait till I die? Dead. And, you know, good luck with that one. You know, men and <laughs> women need takes, different honey. things from talking. And the best kind of talking is a balance of those things, yeah. you know, where there is time to sort of process emotion, give each other emotional yeah. support. And then it moves to that time after we really understand each other that then, yes, we come up together with a solution. If it's just all emotional processing, we solve nothing. If it's all just jumping to the solution, right. we don't really understand even what we're trying to solve. Right. So it needs both parties. Yeah. I always teach you have to lift before you should kind of push it forward. So yeah. a lot of times we just push our lives forward mm-hmm. and we call that progress, I guess. But if you're, if you have progress without positivity, mm-hmm. so now we can kill, I guess, millions of people with our bombs. Yeah. I guess that's good. <laughs> that's <laughs> progress. So, I mean, <laughs> but maybe we ought to make sure that's what we want to do before we go create progress. Right. So right. a lot of guys, I think we, we want to move it forward because a lot of guys wouldn't just go to each other and say, can I just... I just need to empty my brain mm-hmm. and have you just help me walk through my thought process here. Right. They right. won't usually say that, but some women might, or I mean, so, like I grew up with four women, so I might yeah. be actually more likely to uh-huh. want to talk stuff out like that. Sure. Until threats come in or emotion comes yeah. in where I may be in a bad right. position or a hierarchy. Yeah. Whereas your sisters, probably the more, you know, they felt threatened or emotional, the more they needed to talk. Yeah. And and that's, that's partly about socialization, but even more, I think it's about biology. Yeah. I, I ran across a book that just changed my life a few years ago called The Female Brain by Lewin Brisson. Yeah. I love it. And, and I love how it, it, it taught that literally the connection between the right and left side of the brain and a woman is three times as thick. That corpus callosum, yeah. that band of fibers is three times as thick, meaning she has three times as much connection between her logical brain and her emotional brain. She really needs to talk. You know, I, I realized long before I knew that, that I, when I feel the most loved and cherished by anybody, whether it's my husband or my best friend or my mom or, or whoever, is if somebody really lets me talk something through because I don't yeah. even know what I'm thinking until I have the opportunity to put words to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of times I'll solve my own problem if I just have that kind of sounding board. You know, whereas I notice a very different pattern in my husband, <laughs> my son, whatever. Yeah. They need that time to just kind of go off, focus on their thinking brain and when they're done, with that, then they can come back and put it into that's words. Right. You that's know? right. So they're very different styles, and it's important to know that that's not a defect. No. We really are you know, made differently and, and have different strengths and weaknesses, and so learning to communicate means rather than f- picking one style or the other, learning to blend and balance it those two styles. It creates an interesting nuance because um, if, you, if you have the ability to go right to left in your brain really effectively, mm-hmm. like women do in their conversation, yeah. they get context, they get content, they get emotion. Mm-hmm. So they, they can infer a lot more. They can read a lot more. They might, I always talk about how women tend to communicate between the lines, yeah. not on lines. Sure. So they don't, the, the word's not the point. Mm-hmm. The point is the meaning, yeah. the inference between the point. So like my wife will say, hey, Matt, um, come smell this garbage. So I, I think to myself, does she really want me to just smell the garbage? <laughs> so I'll go over and smell the garbage. Ooh, yeah, that's gross. But she's, and then, I'm, then I'll go back and watch the game. <laughs> it's just that you're yeah. not taking that out. Yeah. And right. I'm like, you didn't tell me to take it right. out. Or, or there's the example from my husband. He learned a long time ago not to erase my phone messages because he would listen to the phone message. You say, oh, so your, your, your sister called and she wants you to call her back. And so I'm like, 
well, how did she sound? He's like, what do you mean? How did she sound? She just said to color. Well, did she, I haven't talked to her for a couple of weeks. Did she sound like she was, you know, upset? Was she angry? Was she kind of reaching out or was she, because see, I would hear yeah, those nuances totally in, in that. And he finally just learned, do not take messages yeah. for the wife. You know, just let check her hear. The, check the phone. <laughs> yeah, Your right. sister. I don't know. She may be dead. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's really, and that gets us so mad because guys, I always joke. And you, if you listen to Sports Nation that follows this show, I always joke about sports radio. Mm-hmm. It's very left-brained. Oh, it's yeah. very data-oriented. Uh-huh. The dialogue isn't about feeling and emotion. It's about statistics. It's about information. Yeah. Very left-dominated. Right. And I think about how you could totally mess up their show just asking one feeling question. Uh-huh. Like, I wonder how the Cougars felt when they missed that field goal. Yeah. Yet, that could be a really rich... Well, and by the, by the same some. token, I, I taught my classes about this in education. We just the difference between you know solution oriented discussion, which is yeah. mostly male, yeah, and, and yeah. you know, and and uh, has found its way, of course, into male dominated yeah. fields like the boardroom, you yeah. know, the business meeting, whatever. I mean, because again, if you're asked that feeling oriented question, either a man it's or a so woman in the right. boardroom, you know, and by the same token, you know, um, the home, the family, you know, those the counseling office sometimes a lot of times need to be that more emotional sure. kind of language and. You know, the two business like the two solution oriented, the yep. two rash absolutely blows up in people's faces right. in that environment. So becoming at least mildly bilingual mm-hmm. in each of those styles, I think behooves every single that's one right. of us, male it's, and female. And that's something too we should be teaching our kids if they yeah. want to have a healthy shot at a marriage mm-hmm. is you gotta speak the full dialect. Right. You can't just pick Well, and especially choose. now, because I don't think there's ever been a time in the history of the universe when males and females have spent more context together. Yeah. It used to be his world was here in, yeah. you know, on the battlefield, in the farm, you yeah. know, whatever. And, and now we study together, we work together, we you know, go to the gym together, mm-hmm. we learn together. We, you know, and so learning how to communicate with That's both beautiful. sides of the aisle, I think, has become more important now than ever any time in history. Carrie Wrigley's her name. LCSW is her game. She's a counselor. And go, if you go to her website, counselinglibrary.org or uh, what's the other one, Carrie? Morninglightcounseling.com. Morninglightcounseling.com. Great information there. We're going to come back more with Carrie when we come back talking about creating joy in marriage, you know, giving your marriage a shot, getting the skills, the tools, the ability to share the same dialect. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about healthy marriages. How do you do it? How do you create, how do you take two people with such differences, a history, you know, paradigms, beliefs about how things should go, and then we're supposed to connect. A lot of times when we were really young, we fell in love, right? And now we're supposed to make it work and last our entire lifetime. It's a hard skill. And so we've asked a, a wonderful guest to join us today. Carrie Wrigley is joining us. She's an LCSW. If you go to her, war, her website, morninglightcounseling.com, tons of tools there. That is how you get to know uh, what she offers. But there's also a library there. And on, on her library, counselinglibrary.org, 
you can you can go research issues about depression, grief and loss, anxiety, relationships, wellness, you name it. It's an awesome resource to get as much information as you want or, or need. Um, but again, Carrie's been practicing as a counselor for more than 26 years, and she specializes in the treatment of depression and anxiety, sexual abuse, marriage and family issues, and sexual addiction. Carrie, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Thanks Show. Thanks so much, Matt. Great to have you. Um, okay. Well, our goal is what? When you think of marriage, what should the goal be? Not just survival, I'm assuming. <laughs> Not just mutual toleration. No. What should the goal be? I think the goal to, is essentially take the best that I am, everything that I am, and blend it with the best, everything that you are, and create a happy context in which we can live out our lives, raise a happy family that um, can contribute in a meaningful, positive way to our community. Mm. The best... Not the worst, right. and then not let my worst ignite your worst. Yeah. The best. Yeah. You, you talk about creating joy in marriage. Mm-hmm. What, how do you define joy? I define joy as a sense of well-being and serenity and peace, whether things are going great or whether they're going terrible. Yeah, we kind of think it's mutually exclusive, yeah. right? So if it's going great, right. I'll have joy. You know, not, I mean, certainly there, there's happiness, there's cheerfulness, there's pleasure. Th- those sort of require joyful, you know, happy, positive conditions. Right. But joy goes deeper than that. And, and I've, I've learned that through, you know, the school of hard experience, you know, both my own and other people's. Sometimes the deepest kind of joy comes through realizing that there are spiritual resources for me. There are people who care about me, even when I am at my rock bottom, hmm. even when things are their very toughest. Still, there is something sent to me by another person or by something above me that gets me through whatever it is, you know, that sustains me no matter what. And that's how I define joy. Joy is bigger, deeper, and more unconditional than just pleasure or happiness or Yeah, those seem more situational. Like, where are you today? But Mm -hmm. you're saying, in the end, you can be suffering a terminal illness and still find joy. Absolutely. And peace. Yes. That's, that's, that seems to be the the key, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you can have that... I don't know if anyone's going to have the per- perfect marriage, yeah. but if you know how to get to the joy side. Right. And I don't think anyone has joy. I think we have to learn how to build mm-hmm. joy, how to yeah. create how joy, to how to maintain it. Yeah. How to see joy. it. Right. That's uh-huh. cool. So what are some ways that we as couples could you know, retain joy, find joy? I mean, go looking for it, create it. I think you know, one of the day-to-day things um, is, first of all, as we talked about in earlier segments, look for, create, craft, sacrifice for time together, time that we can talk, time that we can connect, time that we can create opportunity yeah. for meaningful association with each other, with our kids, with ourselves. I think sometimes we allow, you know, whether it be work or media or, you know, the salesman at the front door or whatever, things that don't matter to infiltrate far too much in the things that really do matter. So so preserving time and as, as we talked about earlier, attention, focus for these those core things I think is essential. Yeah. A, a second thing is to look for and prize the good things. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think the, the, the better we get to know one another, um, the more conscious we become of the downside that we were blind to yeah. when we were in love, you know. And and to reverse that trend, you know, the better we get to know one another, the, the more we can also see each other's strengths, you know. Um, and sometimes those strengths drive us nuts. My husband sure. does things this certain way, I do things that certain yeah. way. Well, guess what? That's his strength. This is my strength. And again, we, you know, I think we build the most joyous associations when we blend his strength with my strength. Mm-hmm. Initially, we might butt heads over it. 
But over the process of time, we realize that, uh, let's say, his need to, you know, um, to find a positive solution ends up blending with and balancing my need to fully discuss and share mm-hmm. feelings about an issue. And ultimately, we create, you know, a rich solution you know, a, a positive association that is richer than just me talking about sure. the feelings about an issue and, and much more multidimensional than just him coming up with a quick solution. Yeah. We can build things together that are way better than we can build by ourselves. That's the whole principle of synergy. Yeah. It seems like that's the, when you get to this selfless stage where you're, um, you're building something that you didn't bring, yeah. it seems like a lot of us are just content having what we're good at. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make you better. Mm-mm. It just... You know, you you can't have one plus one equal fifty. Yeah. If if you're not going to do something new. And I would say that that's you know a, a huge dimension of the joy that's possible in marriage and in family life because I think joy is partly for us as human beings learning and growing and stretching and experiencing new things. I don't know about you, but I don't feel joy just from doing the same thing no. over and over in no. the same way. Yeah. Joy is about that new sense of discovery, that new creative venture, that new. Uh, uh, insight or sense of self, you know, and when we become open to it, those differences with our partner, with our kids, with those around us can constantly open new universes of mm-hmm. experience and adventure and understanding, as long as we're not just superimposing what we already knew sure. on what they're trying to bring to us. That's when we when we absolutely squash joys, when we say, no, do it yeah, this way. It's got to no, be this way. Is, yeah. But it's almost more like we're afraid to let go of what we've got yeah. and go try the new thing. Uh-huh. So, so at some point... You got to let go, and then some point you can try the new thing. And knowing that you, you're confident, you can always go back. You can always go back to I your do default. I do not like great eggs That's and right. ham. I do exactly. Not. <laughs> you know that you know the deal. Yeah, That's interesting. Right. And that seems to be the hardest thing because then we are being governed by what we've known. Yeah. Instead of what and, and this world's changing enough, you can't just live it by what you've known. Right. You right. need something bigger, mm-hmm. a principle or a. And your confidence should almost need to come from your principle, right. not just from your past. And by definition, by virtue of the fact that, you know, one of us is male, one is female. One of us is this personality, one is that personality. One has this love language, one has that love mm-hmm. language. One came from this background. We're going to notice different things. We're going to extract different things from our environment. We're going to bring different things to the table. Yeah. And I think that's part of the grand adventure of marriage and of family life, that we constantly enrich one another's experience, as long as we're not just, you know, beating each other up. <laughs> And, you know, say, no, it's not this way. It's that way. You know, it's a bit to be open to those different observations and ideas and perspectives that each of us brings to the table Ugh. season by season over the process of time. Yeah. And it's yeah, it seems and same thing, by the way, with parenting. I mean, it's you've got to you've also got to you got to trust in the process, not you don't have to force the process. Sometimes mm-hmm. let the process just emerge, just that's Let it so happen. important, as you said, with parenting, because I think all of us have those little dreams about what our little girl's going to grow yeah. up to be and what our little boy's going to grow up to be. And, you know, if, if we'd envision the, you know, the, the pink dressed, girly, ruffly girl and she grows up to be, you know, the star pitcher, <laughs> That's right. you know, we may give her intentionally or unintentionally the message or something very wrong with her. And she's, you know, where she's blossoming into who she really is. Mm-hmm. And we, if we envisioned our little boy to be the star quarterback and he, he grows up to be, you know, the sensitive songwriter yeah. or, or whatever, right. you know, I, I think it's so, so important to be open to the unfolding blossoming of that individual soul, yeah. you know, of our kids, even more than with our spouse. It's so uh, 
it's so much about you, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we we always try to make it be like, oh, my partner drives me crazy, or my kids drive me crazy, or they're just they won't do it. But really, this is just about your own ability to to I don't know to just submit and allow the space to be, mm-hmm. and then use your principles in the space. Don't coerce. Don't manipulate. Right. Don't. You know. Well, I mean, a lot of us, when we say we just don't communicate, what we really mean is I tell my husband exactly what he needs to do and he won't do it. It's the weirdest right? thing. You know, whereas the word communicate really means yeah. to come together with, yeah. have an understanding with, uh-huh. you know. And so you hearing me out and me hearing you out and I and suddenly understand something I didn't see before that you bring to me and you understanding what I, you know, and we bring that together with each other, with our kids. And we rob ourselves and them of that experience if we push our own agenda. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we miss the whole fun, the joy, oh, yeah. the adventure that can be so elemental. Well, and it seems like we would actually end up mad at ourselves because what am I becoming? I'm trying to coerce this human being into being like me. Yeah. And, yeah. and I know that that's not what I want to be. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Give us, we got about 20 seconds. What would you say is the one thing? If you thought of one thing that makes the biggest difference in creating unity and joy in a marriage, what's that one thing? That one thing is directing focus where it needs to go rather than being diverted away to so many yeah. you know, good causes or bad causes yeah. you know, that we don't have energy left to, to give one another the time and attention that should be primary in our marriages. Directing your focus. That's, you know, bring the light where you need it. Yes. And then... Do what the light's telling you to do. There you go. Powerful. Carrie Wrigley's her name. Go check out her website, morninglightcounseling.com. Also, again, as somebody, I'm in this business, I see it all the time, but you have got to go check out her other website, counselinglibrary.org. If you have questions about mental health, about any kind of issue, go check it out. She'll have some solutions, some tools for you there. Carrie, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's been great. Appreciate you. Again, morninglightcounseling.com, Carrie Wrigley. We're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion about healthy marriages, healthier lives, finding the joy, creating the unity in those most important relationships in our lives. This is the Matt Townsend Show, helping you find the good in the world right here on BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show, the second hour of Marriage Fest 2014. I'm Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Today we are talking about healthy marriage. Is that right, James? Yes, it is. Marriage. Why, why did you sound like Don Pardo? Because we're talking about marriage. You sound very. Marriage. You sound very passionate. Well, I am the doctor of passion, therefore I have to be. Passion. Passion. Oh, I just winked. Again, anytime you hear the whip, it's James winking, <laughs> giving a passionate wink. That doesn't get old, but the let it go, that gets old. I'm kind of glad. Oh, can we play more passion, maybe, instead of Did you say frozen let stuff? It I don't go. Let it snow. I, no, I didn't. I'm just going to axe those words from my vocabulary. Slowly, we're bringing down the value. Yeah. 
of Let It Go. <laughs> One it was let song gone like at a time. Yeah. Hey, uh, today as we talk about healthy marriage, we thought we would drop in on the newest married, the newlywed of the group. Aaron, you've been married how long? Okay, on the 28th, it'll be two months. So, And it feels like? feels like yesterday. Is that the right answer, Yes! Matt? <laughs> He's still under the potion. Okay. <laughs> You're still under the potion. When because... does this potion wear off? Oh, you'll know. Okay. You'll know. Juan's, Juan's over here laughing. Juan's over here like, oh, I remember yeah. when mine wore off. That was the longest afternoon of my life. Uh, you'll know when you wear it wears off because... You'll roll over, you'll, she'll turn to you, and you'll just be like, where did your eyebrows go? <laughs> <laughs> and right then you'll notice she's not wearing makeup. But before it doesn't matter. But like, you well, used to have you, eyebrows. You got to go swimming, Where did Matt? your eyebrows go? Yeah, that's true. Or have something we, like that. It'll be what, what, what about my eyebrows? Where did your eyebrows yeah. go, by the way? Well, I guess our chemistry's over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the potion wore off. Our potion officially <laughs> just wore off. <laughs> So you've been doing research, I, I guess, have. on what keeps, you know, the love alive, what keeps the marriage alive. Yeah, and there's, you know, I kind of want to talk about why marriage matters, if it does. I think it does, and everyone has totally their own does. opinion. But I want to touch on this just very lightly. There's this new show on uh, A&E. I think it's the FYI network. A and E, the FYI they're network, like co-affiliates or something. Okay, interesting. Yeah. It's called Married at First Sight, and basically, two people who, well, they have six couples, and they're covering three, I guess, right now. And they'll have a bunch of people who have applied, take these tests, they'll match them up, and then they match up. You don't, you don't know the person's name. You've never seen them before, but they have them dress up. They tell their families. The families come as if it, you know, was a legit wedding. Yeah. And they meet at the altar, and get married, and they see if it'll work out. You know. Oh, they Will just, they stay together it's through? Like a, it's like a wet noodle. Just see if it'll stick on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> just it usually there. sticks if it's top ramen, right? Well, yeah. Now here's what's interesting, though. Uh, so that's like you know that's like Match dot com, but like Match for keeps. Yeah, that's like Match Grande. Uh huh. Match Advanced dot yeah. com. Match Advanced because that's nuts. I when I heard it, I who's going like, to throw their marriage degrading. out like that? Well. Yeah, and as I've watched it, it's kind of it's okay, it's going okay for some of these couples, yeah. but I don't. There's just not that foundation, you no. know, and so no, that's I mean, why yeah. you date. But they're trying to do it in reverse, where a foundation will will be built because we're committed and we're married, and it's going to work. And that yeah. mindset. I think I read so kinda, that sixty five. I think sixty percent of the marriages on on the earth are um, are uh, what are they called? What's it called? Arranged. arranged. Arranged marriage. Wow. They're an arra- arranged marriage. Yeah. See, but that's not even arranged. See, in an arranged marriage, you still have insight as to what's going on. Right. You still get to know the person. They get to know your family. It's still, you're in the game. This is where, like, is like blind. surprise, and, and you're like, I wanted a brunette. <laughs> I didn't well, that's want the thing. Yeah, you a know, blonde. The, I don't want to touch on this too much more, but one of the girls who, you know, was more attractive and the other guy wasn't so attractive and she was like, oh, I don't know if I like him because he's just, yeah, in physical appearance. But then after they hung out more, yeah, well, because they're married, hung out sounds kind of funny. Well, you mean um, when they went home when and, they went and home paid their and first mortgage payment. <laughs> she, yeah, she was able to be more attracted. So I guess in that aspect, it's... Well, yeah, um, but 
Interesting. You got to give it a shot. You got to at least like each other and know Mm -hmm. something about each other. That's weird. Okay, that let's make a prediction on that show. I will predict that there will be a major uh, PR disaster that takes place on that show, uh, which includes lawsuits. Okay. Well, or just divorce court. Well, they can hire Juan for those. those I mean, someday when Juan uh, when Juan finishes law school, right? I mean, again, (laughs) all all of us are assuming. That Juan Mijares would actually finish law school. I think he will. He's got my money's yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be my lawyer. <laughs> um, but here's the other deal. I think there's like 85% to 90% of the population in the world marry. So this is something we all do. But do we need to? That's the next point I wanted to mention is some people are fine living alone. Um, and I guess your statistic, I don't know if this is in 2012, I guess oh. about 20% or, or so people are living alone and worldwide it's, it's more than it's ever been right no, so, now. But, so, but married though, still I, I, a lot could live alone, but 90% uh-huh. just don't tried marriage. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's the, it's the number one most accepted risk humans take on this earth. <laughs> like 90% of the population do it and 50% mm-hmm. of the marriages fail. Or forty-six percent. So, can someone live alone? Sure. Yeah, but the curious thing, I was studying Eric uh, Klinenberg's research. Have you heard of Eric Klinenberg? Uh-uh. Well, he has a lot of interesting um, research on people who live alone, if they're more social or not. And it's actually kind of funny because those who are alone gen- generally go out on social activities a lot more. Yeah. And people who get married usually are like, okay, I'm with the one I yeah, love. I'll just stay home and, you know. And so people gen- getting married... It, isn't a bad thing. It's just people but, try it and get discouraged, and well, maybe so, people are so more social. Too much. So, are they saying that people that are single are more social? Generally, yeah. Like they get out and they go to sure. parties. They yeah. and they and come so, home alone. And people who get married, they feel tied down to their spouse. And mm-hmm. I, there's a quote on there though that I, I on the this is from Psychology Today, the article I read. It says, living alone liberates from the constraints of a domestic partner's needs and demands, but boundedness gives shape to life while self-centeredness gives the illusion of freedom. So we can feel free when we're alone. Yeah, I'm doing our own thing, but yeah, I feel, and as I've learned, is when you're given to others, it's kind of a quote from Gandhi, where, and it's also in the Bible where you find yourself through... Yeah, you lose yourself. Losing find yourself. yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's the key. And no, I do too. Ba- and boundedness is... It, one of the most basic human needs is to be connected to another. Now, we would say a group, too, except even when you're within the group, you still want someone special that finds you uniquely special above all others, right? I mean, we want to be special to one person. Right. There's something different about me having to lose myself from my wife and me just having to, you know, decide if I'm going to the party tonight. Hmm. One of them is, you know, my wife's going to probably test my selfishness more than my buddies. Right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we're going home together. We're going to do breakfast tomorrow. We're going to do lunch. We're going to do dinner. We're going to clean in between and vacuum and mow the lawn and raise our kids and talk about. So, yeah, but I think there's a reason why it's good for us to truly connect to another being. And I guess some would argue you don't need to be married to connect. Yeah, there's other ways to serve. But I feel if you're feeling you know down, if you're not feeling happy and you, you want to get out and try something new, 
meet someone, you know, maybe get married and yeah. to the right person and uh, you'll, you'll find yourself. Yeah. I, I think that, and so marriage to me does matter. And that's, I guess, my whole point. Yeah, I, I think it does. I think you nailed it. I also yep. think very strongly that uh, the, the actual commitment hmm. is different than a supposed commitment. Then I think being roommates or cohabitating, living together is an entirely different relationship than being committed to each other. One's a legal entity, and some would say, well, the legality doesn't matter, except uh, if you've committed yourself to something, you're in deeper than if you have just, you're just cohabitating, testing right. that. And there's some great research. Sue Johnson, uh, one of the great emotional focus therapy you know, um, pioneers, talks a lot about that. Having a commitment is different still. And it doesn't mean, you know, not everyone that's married had the right commitment either. So that's that's what makes this discussion hard. But appreciate yeah. it. Good job, Aaron. Thanks. Keep progressing. I'm going to try. I mean, you're two months into this. I know. We got these stepping stones. You got me, Juan, and then yeah. who's, who's then, married then longer? I, I think, Sean and... I don't know. Sean, how I've been married 23 years. Oh, then we got... Am I the granddaddy? Granddaddy. Matt. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be the <laughs> silverback. I'm the silverback. There we go. Everybody remember that when they uh, when I do my ALS ice bucket challenge. You'll see the silver. The silverback. That's the shiverback. <laughs> Shiver me timbers. We're gonna take a break, folks. And uh, coming up next, we're gonna be talking with Sarah Gowans, who's a blog manager and writer from thehappygal.com. She's gonna be sharing ways she's making her new marriage strong and giving us some tips along the road. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back, right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we are doing a makeover on your marriage, seeing if we can build healthier, happier, more connected marriages. You know, one of my favorite uh, topics is our marriages, relationships. And it's part of that, I'm sure, is because I'm always looking across (laughs) at James Birdzell, Dr. James. That reminds you of a perfect, perfect marriage. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just because I know you're smitten. Yeah. Like you, I'm just, now that Maddie's out of here, I mean, out of the room, <laughs> you are smitten. Indeed, yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any word that could more properly describe it than that. Mm-mm. Smitten. Smitten. Yeah. Uh, smacked, that just sounds violent. <laughs> so smitten is better. Uh, and I don't want to get too much more into it, but it's just fun to watch you squirm a bit. Um you met her parents. Yeah. And we haven't even divulged her name. We're Right now, we're just calling her Yolanda. Molly. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mo- Molly. Molly Yolanda. That's her middle name. Yeah. But you met her parents this yeah, weekend. Yeah, this past weekend, I met her parents. And how'd that go? It went great. It was, like, I, I, I was really excited to meet them because yeah. from what she said about her parents, it, they're, they're incredible. Mm-hmm. And so, so I was excited to meet them. But, man, meeting the parents for the first time it's is— scary. Yeah. The it's my favorite on. moment. Oh, <laughs> I love— <laughs> That pressure moment. You love to really grill the, oh, yeah. the person being introduced and to. My you. first question, so what are your intentions? <laughs> I love that question because they don't know how to answer it. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty appointed question. Well, we wish, uh, we wish you guys the best. Thank you. I mean, we don't want to jinx it. No, of course not. But if she's out there listening, 
she is your one and only. I can testify to that. <laughs> I mean, legally. So I have your blessing, Matt. Not yet. I have to Not, meet her. Okay. And okay. she has to go through the show. I told. I actually did tell the her. The show is the filter. Yeah, I told her that she has to be prepared to come on radio sometime, and she said yes, she would be did willing she to. Really? Yeah. So this will be great. <laughs> she has no idea how great that of an opportunity that's going to be. Oh yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, so are you listening? Listen up, because this is all about marriage. And Sarah Gowans is recently married, so she's our guest. Uh, she graduated from Mix College, which is now BYU Idaho. If you haven't heard, um, with a degree in elementary education, she's a certified foot zoonologist. Okay, whatever sounds painful. Her uh, she has extensive studies in healthy eating and mind body spirit connection, and she's an incredible uh, leader and blogger on the blog site, the Happy Gal blog, happygal.com, where she's both the writer and the blog. They like to call her the blog master. Blogmaster. Uh, Sarah loves being active and healthy. She enjoys running, cycling, yoga, hiking, you name it. She does it. She lives in Kaisel with her husband and her four daughters. Sarah Hogan Gowans, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Now, you didn't come down with your boyfriend or your husband. Let's get that straight. <laughs> I didn't come down with my boyfriend or my husband. Yeah, that's interesting. Because <laughs> he's the same person. It, he is one person. <laughs> that's neat. You have that. You have a, you're, you're newly married. I am. You know, we're coming up on a year now. Wow. Would you we say did, it went we, fast? It did go fast. It went really fast. What, what's your anniversary day? Uh, October 26th. Wow. And guess, guess what he did? I bet he married you. <laughs> For our anniversary. Oh. Uh, coming up. You're going on a cruise. He booked us a trip to Europe. <gasps> Holy cow, Sarah. I think he likes you. I am so excited, Matt. I can't even tell you. Is he sitting right there? He's not. He's working today. He's actually down by you, and Is I'm he? home. I wanted to be at home today because it was um, my girl's first day of school, and yeah, I yeah. wanted to be here when they got home. What a so. good mom. Great mom. Yeah, well, it's a big day. You're turning in uh, to Jenny Layton. <laughs> well, that's, that's I mean, that's a great thing. thing. I'm not. That doesn't sound bad. It just Jenny doesn't come down anymore either. Just, I'm not you know, sitting in my car, though. So. That's true. You probably are sitting in the in your house somewhere. I'm just, yeah, just chilling out in my house. So you're going to help us today. You've got six ways that you are using, six tools you're using to strengthen your marriage, your new marriage, second marriage, where you're and you're trying to find unity and joy. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I'll tell you, Matt, it's because I, this is my second go around, yeah. you know, and when you value something a lot, which I did in my first marriage. I valued it. And um, when you value something a lot and then you lose it, yeah, it, man, you learn a ton. <laughs> well, that's hard too, because so, just the just the idea of losing it, because it meant so much to you anyway, and then you lose it. So then sometimes people feel like, I'm a loser. I'm a failure. I couldn't even make my marriage work. So that's got to be hard. Yeah, but the thing that's cool about it is that if you, well, what can be cool about it is that um, you can take the lessons learned when you're going through that point where you're just like really going, what did I do wrong or what could I do differently or how can I make it so this doesn't happen again? Mm -hmm. And there's a ton of lessons taught in that state. That's so true. Well, I mean, thank heavens you're doing that because if not, you'd be bound to repeat it. 
uh, ma'am, let me tell you, Matt, if I have to repeat, yeah. <laughs> repeat that again, I am going to work my tail off so that I don't have to repeat That's that. Right. It was not fun. So, yeah. So I've, I've, um, over the last year been working really hard on, um, just looking at, you know, what can I do to make this one even better than mm-hmm. my one before was before it went south. And so, yeah, I've come up with a few things. And it's interesting because when I was listening to you talk um, to, what was her name that was on earlier? Um, anyways, your earlier guest, she spoke a lot about this, you know, focus yeah. on on the marriage. And the first point that I wanted to make was that, um you first have to value it. And that's what I was saying. You know, if you value something, that's where you're going to put your, your time and your effort and your energy. And, um, it's so true. The first step is well, and you it, have it, to care first. Yeah. And it's almost like we take it for granted. Like it's naturally going to grow. It did when we were dating. We, I mean, that's what I think is funny about the dating love. Most of us don't have to do anything to fall in love when you're dating. You're just a man and a woman and bada boom, bada bing, the chemistry runs, boom, you're in love. But mm-hmm. that's not real. I mean, that's not how it works long term. Yeah, well, it's just, it, it changes and it's not lasting. So yeah. there's actually um, a book that I absolutely love. And I just, um, Joe and I, my husband, we just finished reading it together. It's The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Yeah, you bet. And this was the um, one of the things I wanted to say um that I think is so important in finding unity in a marriage or, or joy or, you know, commitment and all of that is it's so important to learn your spouse's love language. And if you've read that book, then you know what I'm talking about. But each of us have a different language that we speak or feel loved. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what your spouse's love language is and you don't speak to them in that language, um, then you can do anything you want and they won't feel it. Right. So. You, you can work yourself. You can serve yourself, make a million dinners and meals and, you know, whatever you want. And in the end, if all he wanted was a hug, you, you didn't speak his language. Yeah. So, but you, so. you, you could kill yourself trying, but you've yeah. got to understand their language and... You've also got to, I think, understand your language because I have a lot of clients that come into my office and they don't have a clue what they, how they want to be loved. Yeah. You know? And that's been, that's been an interesting process for me because I think when I was younger, I don't think I did know. And I, and I certainly didn't, you know, realize what my um, former husband's was. And so we weren't speaking to each other in each other's love languages. Right. And that's why I think now I value that so much because I realize now how important that really is. And so that was one of the first things after Joe and I got married. I said, okay, we're going to read this book together. And he's such a trooper. He's like, okay, let's do it. So <laughs> That's we, so cool, um, though. But I mean, Joe is a trooper. And what's cool about it, too, is uh, when I know what my wife's love language is, um, when I see her try to, to speak in my language— so if mine is touch and hers is service, um, when I see her trying to touch, I actually intentionally think of how hard she's trying because that's not just natural. That's her really working hard to show me she loves me. And I value it more. Yeah. Yeah. So that means a lot to you. Yeah. Powerful. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey. So we just finished that and we learned, you know, 
what each other's languages were. Let's go through really quickly, though, the five languages, just so they know before okay. we take a break. Uh, what Perfect. are they? So there's... Um, service, phys- acts of uh-huh, service. Acts of service, words of affirmation, um, physical touch, yep. gifts, yep. and quality time. What, what, what is your number one? My number one, I was um, actually kind of surprised by this, but it's acts of service. Is it? I thought it would be quality time, which um, is actually third in mine. Because I took, the, he has, Gary Chapman has a little test you can go online and take that you can like answer his questions and yeah. and figure out what your love language is. And I thought it was just different than what I thought. So yeah, um, that, acts of service was mine. What's that's yours? huge. That's huge. I'm, mine's touch, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh Acts of no no touch is number one words of affirmation number two, but it's really cool no, once we know two. it. Yeah, uh, let's take a break, Sarah. When we come back, I want to I want to have you keep going through your points with us. We're learning from Sarah Gowans from the website. Uh, I just forgot my or my happy gal, thehappygal.com. I was going to say my happy gal. That sounds weird. Thehappygal.com. But uh, Sarah Gowans is walking us through the points she's learned. You know, as a newlywed, what she's trying to focus on to keep her marriage healthy, to keep the love alive. We're taking a break. You're listening to us right here on The Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking about healthy marriages. Everybody needs a little uh, help, some tools, some ideas in order to create healthier relationships. It's funny, um, we all think we know what we're doing with them, and yet it's it's where we struggle the most. We feel a lot of our pain there, not just in marriage, but in our most important relationships. So on the show, we try to go deep, give you some tools. Right now we're talking with Sarah Gowans, and Sarah is a, um, a blogger and the blog manager. She's a writer for the Happy Gal blog at thehappygal.com. Uh, she is a very active uh, person, just recently married, well, a year ago, and uh, she raised, she's now raising her four daughters. But she's here today to teach us um, about how, you know, how she's trying as a newly married person second marriage, how she's trying to make sure that this this relationship has the tools, the, 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 the attention that it needs in order to grow healthy and strong. So welcome back, Sarah. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm glad we took that break because I needed to go put my eyebrows on. Oh, so. did you? Yeah. What happened to your eyebrows? Has, he, has Joe said that yet? What happened to your eyebrows? <laughs> He hasn't yet. I think we're still uh, new enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just keep painting them on. As uh-huh. long as you're painting them on, he'll never know. But there will be a day you'll wake up and they'll be gone and he'll be like, what? Yeah. We'll save that talk for a later day. Yeah. <laughs> He's had a lot enough already. Yeah. To <laughs> Joe's him. trying to raise, help you raise your four daughters. I Take it easy on Joe. I, I do. I, I try. Do. <laughs> your first thing you've been working on. So you've got a bunch of principles here. One of them is to learn each other's love language, and you're following Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. That's a great tool for everybody to go out and find. What's another tool you're using to make sure you're valuing your marriage? Well, another one is um, 
to, this actually kind of ties into learning the love language. So after you learn what your spouse's love language is, make sure that you're speaking it to hmm. them. Yeah. So, and I, and you can do that by serving them. And that kind of sounds a little bit funny to serve your spouse, but I think it is so important because if you think about it, Matt, when you have um, a brand new baby, um, you have to devote all your time and attention and care to that baby, right? right? So you're just taking care of them all the time, and you just absolutely love and adore that baby, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Most people do. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it's because we're serving them. We're putting so much effort into them that we just love them. And so what if we, you know, took that same concept and applied it to our marriages, and we just served our spouse as much as was possible? And obviously when we've got, you know, jobs and kids and families and different things going on, um, you can't have every waking moment serving them, but you can do as much as you can. Sure. And my point is that we love those who we serve. Hmm. And so if you want to draw closer to your spouse, and so this could work, you know, you can start right off the bat with it. Or if you have maybe had it and lost it, maybe try doing something for them and serving them and seeing how that might change your heart just a little bit. I love it. I teach uh, in my marriage program, I teach a thing called the daily special, which is every day I think about my wife. I think about what her day is going to look like. And then I think about how she wants to be loved. And then I ask one question, what's the most important thing I can do today to love her her way? And then I'll find something usually in her language that also might pertain to her day and I'll figure out a way to go deliver that one thing. And then I just find I one goal that. a day. And it's, I love it. it's pretty cool because all of a sudden it gives me a repertoire for how to serve her. And like one day it was flowers. One day I took her flowers and she was so excited. Holy cow. Happiest woman on earth. Next week I thought, well, that worked. Let's just do that again. And she's like, <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Didn't work. Not even close. <laughs> Try again, my friend. So part of it is then being dynamic enough in your day to figure out how to serve them today. And then what I also challenge everyone to do is for the spouse to be watching daily for the daily special Mm, and see if they can pick it out. And then I even teach couples to write it down and, and start building a list of everything that's working. Okay. And that, I love that you said that because sometimes I think we get caught in a trap of, um, once you, that love potion kind of wears off and you don't have that feeling inside, yeah. um, you start to kind of notice like what they do wrong mm-hmm. or what they're not doing. And if you start to focus on that instead of maybe that daily special or, or even if you don't have like a specific agreement or knowledge with your spouse that, hey, I'm going to do this, they'll be watching for it. I guarantee you that throughout the day, there's got to be at least one thing that oh, they're yeah. doing positive that you can find. Yeah. So if you focus on that, then that's what's going to grow in your mind. That's right. Because whatever you focus on is going to grow bigger. So um, another one of my points was to avoid criticism like the plague. (laughs) I mean, because if you communicate the criticism, that's bad. If you can communicate what you like, that fills them in on what to do more of. A lot of us don't know what to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if you're always just telling me what you don't want me to do, I guess you're assuming I'll know what to do. Like, will you quit touching me? Okay. (laughs) But I still don't know what you want me to do. It might be easier. Can you just help around the house before you get all touchy? 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so then when they are doing something positive that works for you or fills up your bucket, your love bucket or whatever, mm-hmm. point it out and write it down and focus on that and be, be you know, focus on that positive. So love it. I think that's great that advice. Because that, if you want to draw closer to somebody, do you want to draw close to someone that's always criticizing you yeah, and right. <laughs> telling you what you're doing wrong, you're going to like get as far away from them as you can. So that's not really going to nope. create unity. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of great research that shows that when a couple is struggling, you we have a tendency in an order to self-preserve to become a negative interpreter, which means we're, we tend to look for the negative data first. So if there's a hundred things about your partner that, you know, in, that are there and 10 of them are negative, People that are hurting in their relationship tend to first go find the negative things. Then mm-hmm. if they have time, they'll go aggregate a few positives. But then, mm-hmm. then what that does is it makes it so. So if you've ever felt in a relationship that you can't do anything right, it's probably because your partner's negatively interpreting you. It's everything you're doing is being is not the good stuff's not being seen, but the negative things are being seen first. Yeah. That, then so that's what you're saying. Avoid that by don't criticize, but instead tell them what's positive. Look for the positive. Talk about the positive. Yep. Yeah. That's great advice. So, yeah. And then another one, too, that I found, this is such a little easy thing, but it just somehow makes a huge difference, is hold hands whenever you can. And I know that seems kind of silly and minimal. With your spouse, you're saying. <laughs> Let's just get that clear. Because whoever is nearest you, Matt, Well, right when you said that, James's eyebrows lifted up, and I'm like, whoa, James. <laughs> And he started reaching. I'm like, come on. I'm a married man. I come down, we're all going to hold hands. Yeah. We'll do kumbaya. That'd be great. (laughs) Yes. With your spouse, hold hands whenever you can. And actually, this is something that Joe is really good at because physical touch is at the bottom of my love language. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? It always is, Sarah. It always is. (laughs) It's not something that I think about. right off the bat you know it just doesn't come second nature to me so joe is really good about he when we're driving in the car he will always reach over and take my hand and just that and there is something electrifying that happens when you touch another person it bonds you and it creates you know dynamic between you and so for walking somewhere he'll always reach over and take my hand or if we're sitting together or whatever just that simple gesture even though physical touch is not one of my top love languages, it still means a lot to mm-hmm. me because I know, oh, he cares about me. He's reaching over and holding my hand. Yeah, and especially if you look at it and you say, oh, he's loving me. See, that mm-hmm. it may be his way. It may not be your your primary way. But when you see that, one of the most important things is to recognize he's trying his way. Yep. What we do is we sometimes, oh, man, all he ever does is touch. Man. But... That's good. The day he's not doing his love language with you anymore, that's a scary day. And I, I can't tell you how many couples I see where the the wife not meaning to, we'll just use a male-female, but the, the wife is tired of him touching. Why are you always touching me? Because that's her fifth, but that's his first. The minute we turn them off of their primary language for love, you may have lost them. Yep. Because and- they're, they're, it's hard to get back. Yeah, and I guess the reason why I appreciate that so much is I have been on the flip side of that, yeah. where I had it, then lost it, Yeah, and I felt what that felt like to have that, that lonely, yeah. withdrawn, yeah. and that is not a fun place to be, and so now I appreciate it so much. Yeah. Even though it's not my love language, I know my primary love language, I know that 
what it means. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate it and I value it and I tell him, thank you for holding my hand. I love it that you do that. You That's know? so good. So, so good. Hey, we've got one thing. more minute. Give us, give us, yes. give us your, your, uh, your big grand finale lesson. You know, well, I don't know. This is a big grand finale, but I think also it is just way important to have fun together. Mm. I mean, you got to, you know, you got to sit down and like we read this book together, or we study that and we're putting all this effort into it. But, um, just, I think it's so important to just have fun together, find out things that you have in common and go do it, you know, make time for a date and go for, you know, Joe and I, we love eating good food together. So we'll go out and find a new restaurant and go eat. Yeah. You know, such a, great a good advice. meal or something. Right. And well, and how many just, times when you're dating, I mean, you don't care if you love the movie when you're dating, you just love being together. But when we're married, it's like, no, I don't like that one. No, not that one. No. And so it's just enjoy being together. You don't have to just love everything you're doing. And it doesn't always have to be stimulating. Just, you know, have fun together. Go do something together. Yep. Powerful. And value value it because when you value it, then that's what, you know, it it just changes. Yeah. Um, Well, you uh, you know, I think you're amazing, Sarah. And they've got to go check out your website. Again, we know who's running uh, the Happy Gal Dot com. We know it's it's you. <laughs> it's Jenny Layton. It's Jenny Layton and you, right? Sarah, we do it together. We're a good team. You are. You're a great team. And then throw Joe into the mix, and you're like the perfect combination. <laughs> Just the three of us. That's right. Oh well, yeah, we'll throw in. We'll throw Jenny's husband in there as well. <laughs> okay, he's a good guy. He is. I haven't met him yet. We'll get him next time. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks, Matt. It's always fun. You bet. Keep uh, keep the marriage strong. Yep, we're doing it. Thank you. That's the that's the uh, that's the marriage help of the day from the Happy Gal blog. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be wrapping this show up, talking about perfect pears. I think James will be walking us through perfect pears. Uh, it's his favorite fruit. Uh, I don't know if that's the one he meant, but we'll be finding out a little bit later. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. More ideas, more tools to help you find the good in your marriage right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends. That is the wrap-up music, which means... You know, somebody's playing the banjo, and uh, James is ready to go home. Yeah, I'm playing the electronic juice harp, too. Yeah, are you, are you uh, washing your hair tonight? Yeah, I, I sure hope so. That's like a, that's a throwback <laughs> to when was that, the 60s, when the girls had to wash their hair? Uh-huh. Well, that was always the excuse I got for not wanting to go on a date. Yeah, they're too busy. Sorry, i got to wash, wash my, my hair. Washing my hair. <laughs> yeah, like that was like, yeah, I don't know, I gotta, I don't know, I got to take the laundry out. Mm-hmm. Like okay, it's like a big deal, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's funny because I wash my hair every day. Really? Yep. That's I, unexpected. Every day. Wow. I just uh, take it off, rub it in the sink, put some soap on it. A little washboard action. A little washboard mm-hmm. action. Much like my abs. Your ab, single ab. singular ab. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Hey, uh, James, you're going to wrap this show up. 
Yep, we're talking about perfect pairs because we're ta- mm. we've been talking about marriage, love pairs all day today, and I do have a PhD in passion. Yeah, and so if, obviously the thing I was thinking about was if we could take if we could play Cupid for the day, yes, and we could take any two people and put them together, any two people on this earth, yes, well, either even fictional people too. Okay. who would be the perfect couple? Wow, fictional. Yeah, yeah. even fictional. Yeah, man. Yeah, have well, you I, I, that? I haven't even. Let me wrap my head around that. That's good. <laughs> well, and and like you said during before our before the break this last time that the perfect pair when I was actually talking to Molly's uh, parents. Molly, air quote. Yeah, we're talking about the same girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They said Bartlett. That was their their answer. I so. love Bartlett yeah. pairs. So I love them. What's the perfect pair? Bartlett. Bartlett. Mm. Yep. So that's the first. They've one. got good taste. <laughs> Very good taste. Hey, um, the perfect pair it would be Superman and Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, I think that's a good one. Plus that's their clothes one. match. Yeah, right. You know that actually happened in the comics. Already color did coordinated. It? Yes. How'd it go? They did well. They did some sort of an alternate re- universe sort of thing, and mm-hmm. Lois Lane wasn't wasn't in a love interest anymore. Yeah. Well, I think Lois Lane's beneath him. Yeah. <laughs> She's not a superhero, right? How do you keep Superman in line? She doesn't even have a, an invisible jet. I know. She doesn't? Or, or no. the lasso of truth. No, she no. doesn't. No, no, the last, by the way. Because that's how, that's how one... That's you, trouble. You don't want to date Wonder Woman. That's why nobody <laughs> wants Wonder Woman. Because if you if she gets that lasso of truth out... Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Game over. It. You wake up You wake up with the lasso of truth mm-hmm. around you. You're done. Okay, how do you like this one? What about Sean Connery and Judy Dench? No. Yes. No. Yes, it would be so good. No. That would be good back then. It'd be perfect. I have a good one. What is it? It's Lady Macbeth and Charles Manson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They'd be great together. That was very good. Okay. (laughs) Is that your contribution? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Uh, I've got one. Okay. Um, uh, J-Lo. Oh. And, oh, this is good. (laughs) <laughs> J-Lo but then share please okay. not share uh, J-Lo and the red-headed guy uh, Macklemore not Carrot Top not Macklemore the red- red-headed musician Ed Sheeran Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran. holy oh, cow yeah. would they not now I mean because you got the ginger in Ed mm-hmm. but you've got kind of that rich oh they'd make cute kids talented talented cute kids I mean I don't know if they'd be cute I wouldn't care but they'd be talented. They'd know True. how to dance and sing. And what else do you need? Yeah, that's true. Hey, Matt, do you, have you ever watched the X-Files? N- no. No, not really? Okay. Well, the two main characters from the X-Files would make a perfect couple, too. Mm-hmm. Really? Mul- yeah, Mulder, Mulder and Scully. Scully. Oh, yeah, I know them. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I know those just because I think... Everybody I've... was waiting for that. Actually. But I think, actually, that's probably why they were cast on the same show, right? Because mm-hmm. they'd be the perfect couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. That's really good. I heard that in real life they really didn't like each other, though. Mm, that's interesting. Really? Yeah, isn't that sad? That's sad because it kind of blows a myth. Yeah. I mean, it's not Macbeth, though. Um, that was good, too. Aaron, do you have one? <laughs> I got one. So Taylor Swift uh-huh. and Eminem. Oh, please. <laughs> because they both have such bad relationship history that they'd probably work out with each other, would they not? They both just sing yeah. about and rap about their problems. They might yeah. hit it off. Okay. This should happen. Ooh, yeah. That could All be right. good. No, Taylor Swift should be with Chris Pine because it's Chris Pine and Taylor Swift. Captain Kirk? I've got one. <laughs> How about um, 
Kim, who's the who's the oldest? Who's the daughter Kardashian? I don't know anybody's name. There's three of them. Who's the one? Kim, Chloe, or Courtney? Courtney is she the one that was dating the basketball player? No, that was Chloe. Okay, so Chloe needs to date John Mayer. Oh gosh, <laughs> that would be killer. Literally, that would be right. good. Don't you think? I think we should team up Scrooge and Veruca Salt. <laughs> Who? Scrooge. Yeah. And Veruca Salt. Who's Veruca? Veruca Salt is the girl in the rich girl in uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They'd be perfect. Don't you for think each he's other? too old for her? Well, she'd have to age a little bit. Doesn't yes. he just have to give her gum? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here, little girl. No, no, no. That's, that's the other girl. Oh, that's yeah. No, this is the girl that was okay. the bad egg. I can't believe you remembered that name. That's cool. How do you not remember Veruca Salt? I don't know. I seem to have other There was a band in the in 80s by that name as well. Hey, um, any others, James? Um, here's one a little bit older. How about uh, Henry Higgins and Eliza for Eliza. My Fair Lady? For my, fight, my Fair Lady. Hmm. What do you think about that? That'd be, that'd be interesting. Just you wait, Henry Higgins. Just you. As, yeah, that's my fair oh, lady. Okay. Okay. Wow. I, here you go. Here's one for you. Yeah. Speed Racer and Trixie. I don't know I either. think they were the perfect couple. You don't remember Speed Racer, Mm-mm. the cartoon? No. Oh, God. That, I think that was before my day. No, it was not. <laughs> I think that was before my day. Because I remember. How about, how about Captain Ahag and Ahab? Ahab. And not Ahag. A- a- Ahab and uh, Cinderella's stepmother. Oh, yeah, they'd be good. <laughs> see, some of those I'd love to see. Yeah, I know. Just You know where I'd love to see him? On the movie screen? In the ring. Oh. Put him in the, the ultimate death fight, the ultimate Let's death match. Let's get ready to do something. Yeah. We could have them marry at first sight. They probably have never met each other, have them meet at the oh, altar. Oh, BYU would love oh, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would look so good. Or Inigo Montoya and Joan of Arc. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we're good. done. Okay. Did you hear that music? I did hear the music. I think you guys, I think you, you're all, you all have great partners. Well, I, I have one other. What? Who? My wife and I. Aww. Yeah. That's cute. You notice how all the girls just sighed yeah. in here. All the guys, all are, the guys are going, geez. oh man. Oh so my cheesy. God. Sucking up. Hey, uh, <laughs> he's such a suck up. Here is a quote on our way out. True love doesn't happen by accident. It's deliberate. It's intentional, it's purposeful, and in the end, it's worth it. Darlene Schacht is her name. Tomorrow, guess what? Ken Jennings will be talking to us about uh, Jeopardy and what it means to have knowledge. Who knows more than millionaire Ken Jennings from the show Jeopardy. This is the Matt Townsend Show here again to give you the tools, the leg up in life. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. More fun right here on BYU Radio.